0: Fire Radio. Hey guys, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. The script gets flipped on me, and instead of me hosting the podcast, I am a guest on the Primary Complete Podcast show with Steve and Matt. These guys are doing a great job. A bang-up episode, uh, a lot of great nuggets in there, and things that I've talked about that I truly have not really talking about before on any other platform or podcast. So buckle up, enjoy the conversation. And as Matt and Steve say from the show, make conversation great again.
1: That you wanted to kind of take the show from, I guess, maybe a hobby. I don't know if you started as a hobby or just started as something, but you noticed that it was growing, you were gaining traction and are you still in the truck now, Jeremy? Do you still work? Or yeah. Or is yeah. life now?
0: Yeah, no, I'm still, uh, I'm a volunteer fireman now, um, and so on. So, and that takes up a lot of my time, too. Uh, and I've been a volunteer fireman for 28, going on my 28th year. So, uh, you know, it's a home response type thing, 700 fire runs a year type town, you know. Um, but it's busy enough for home response, and it uh, certainly keeps me busy. And, you know, I had every opportunity from the get to uh, be a career fireman. Um, and I deferred, uh, two different jobs, uh, twice, um, because through college, uh, finished up college. And then, uh, (laughs) it's a fun story. I went to college. Um, I had the, uh, fortunate ability that my, my father, we had a family business and my father was able to put me in college. And so, uh, you know, I had job opportunities while I was in college, and I didn't capitalize on on getting hired at that point because I felt like I had to finish school. I wasn't the best student in the world. Figure that right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Five years of college, I should be a freaking doctor by now. But uh, anyway, I specialized in going to fires and drinking beer and and girls, and that was my uh, that was literally my college years. And but I felt that I owed it to my parents to finish college, and so when I had the opportunity to get hired uh, two separate times, I deferred them. I deferred the hiring, um, which in retrospect silly because I'd be on my twenty fifth year right now, and I'd be retiring at forty five years old. Right. Uh, but uh, life's funny that way, and if I went down that road, I probably would never have started national fire radio. So I, I'm I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. But um, so I didn't I didn't take those career offers. And uh, and then I came out of college, went into the family business and actually uh, excelled at it and did very well, helped grow the family business. Um, and so I stayed with it. And I had taken some tests along the way. I actually took some police tests too, I had some opportunities there, but I just never, never followed through on the civil service side only because I just, I, at the time it was more money driven than it was passion driven uh, but it was a family business, and I felt responsible for giving back to the my family that's treated me so well growing up and giving me education and being able to put me through college that I stayed with the family business. I had two brothers in it. Uh, it's my father's business, and I'm the youngest of three boys, and I ran the company. Um, so it was a pretty interesting dynamic, uh, which put a tremendous amount of responsibility on my shoulders um, and so on. And so I just never – left the business to pursue a, a career fire job anywhere. I could have, I've had, I had so many opportunities, um, and I just didn't do it because personally I didn't make that jump. Um, I don't, I'm not a regretful guy. I don't sit around and have many regrets in life. Um, I would have loved to have been a career fireman. I think I, you know, uh, ultimately in the happiness scale, I think it would have been, uh, and and in retrospect too, I could have done that job and worked at the family business and and been, right. you know, and done twice as well as I have in life. But life's been good to me. Um, I you know I have a a, a career. I have a, a, a great volunteer fire department that I've been a part of for a very long time. Uh, I have a wonderful family, wife, and kids, and and everything else. So I'm I'm a very fortunate guy. Um, but that's what got me into national fire radio was uh, feeling that I needed and wanted to do more in the fire service. And, um, and I know what my specialties are. I know my traits. I know what I'm good at. You know, I'm a salesman. I'm a talker. I'm a promoter. I'm a marketer. Um, and knowing my strengths is what led me to believe uh, in a conversation. I have my wife when I turned 40 years old and I told her, I really missed the mark. I should have been a fireman. I should have done this. I should have done that. But I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I should have done all this. And then I was watching. Uh, I was doing a lot of social media stuff for my family's business, and I was seeing the success with that. And I started realizing how to hack attention on social media, and 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 how to become and build part of a become a part of a community and build a, build your own community, if you will, through brand and education and all that. And so. Um, very quickly I came to realize that the fire service was missing the mark in many different areas on how to deliver content on today's platforms. And, um, you know, the big players in the industry, fire engineering, firehouse, at the time fire rescue was still in business. They're now gone. The other two are following suit because they're not staying current. They're not able to turn their ship quick enough and pivot and call an audible and figure out how to advertise and market and promote education through today's means and that is a big part of it and um and so I was watching that from afar and truthfully I'm a nobody from nowhere man and uh and I said you know what I think I can I think we can capture the market I said I I truly believe we'll be the next fire engineering um platform and I think that that's going to happen sooner than we all think um, and I, I listen, I've, I've never uh, not thought that I could do something. So, I mean, I can conquer the world if I want. Um, and I'm hoping to, you know, in the fire service. And I'm hoping to be able to bring forth a lot of new ideas and thoughts on how to deliver messages, training, information, uh, working in collaboration on different projects. I mean, sitting here tonight on your podcast is an absolute honor for me because it gives me the opportunity to actually talk. You know, on my podcast, I talk, but it's mostly about the guests, and it's not often I get to really jam out and, and give people my ideas and thoughts and where I where we want to go with National Fire Radio. So it's a fun conversation, but I saw the hole in the market. I told my wife, this is what I want to do. She said, go do it, and that was almost five years ago, and we've been doing it. And uh, it's been a hell of a ride. I can tell you that the the value I get out of it, the self-worth, the um, All this hard work, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, money, all of it has been worth every ounce of what I've gotten out of it. Um, it is incredible. In, in the short amount of time that we've had to build a brand, uh, it has been so rewarding and more more powerful than I could have ever have thought we could we could be. And it's just an incredible experience, and we're just beginning, man. And when I say we, it's not me, man. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big personality on it, and it was my vision, but I brought Rob Ridley in on it, and Rob's been uh, my cohort on the podcast for many years. He does a lot of projects himself. Uh, Sebastian Rollo does most of our tech. And then I got a, a slew of other people that help us on special projects, marketing projects for manufacturers conferences you name it it's grown and it's only growing more and more uh and in fact coming the beginning of next year uh there's some really big shit coming out that I am super excited for so I'm looking forward to it man but I don't know it's uh it's been a hell of a go and so when did it be your original question 10 minutes ago because I don't shut up uh when (laughs) When did it become a hobby That's to where good. it is today? It's still a freaking hobby, bro. This is not my full-time gig. I do this in my spare time, on top of a career, on top of my family, and on top of being a, a fireman in my community. And uh, this is still a side hustle for me all day long.
2: That's awesome. That the pivot you were talking about from the uh, from the magazine world and that yeah uh, old tech or whatever to the new. Uh, bravo for spotting it. It's, it was a shift, like kind of a fast, fast thing to happen. You know, um, we, I guess we pretty much were on the same path, but maybe a little bit after you, um, but man, seeing that and then acting, I, I think the lesson learned for anybody is if you got an idea, like, go, go jump, you know, yep. there's, there's all the fancy, uh, Instagram post on, uh, it, when you're scared, jump, you know, like it's true. If you got an idea, act on
1: it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things to be said. And that that saying that one quote is great. The uh, you miss hundred percent of the opportunities you never take. That's right. right. That's I mean that's that's for real, man. That's as real as it gets.
0: And it takes uh, in Yeah, go ahead, brother. Please.
1: Go, I nope. want to dive back to what you said just because I want to pick your brain. This is a little bit of me being selfish here. Sure. But you were talking about how you saw the print based media was kind of losing traction and the methods for delivering education was kind of it was lacking. It's not keeping up with the times. I believe is how you put it. They weren't able to pivot in time. Mm -hmm. Do you, in your opinion, do you believe some fire departments, actual departments are suffering from kind of this same thing where it's, they're still using old recruiting tactics, old recruiting tactics with, um, you know, just word of mouth and, you know, relying on people to tell, and pump up how big their own department is to their friends and whatnot. And, they're kind of missing the market, missing this this ability to to broadcast what it could be. Ninety nine point that ninety
0: nine point <laughs> nine percent of the departments out there have no grasp of how to market and sell themselves. And I'm watching some from afar, and it's fun to watch the ones that are super successful at it because they're crushing. Those oh are the my one... God, yeah. it's amazing. Yes, it is. And and you know, for me, like I could name a bunch right off the top of my head. And what's fun about that? is their management, their leadership, their administration wants people to know what they do. They want to educate. They want to put out that they're going to fires. They want to show, and it does so many different things, right? One, it shows the civilians and the visitors to your community and the mutual aid partners and your county, wherever the hell you respond to your jurisdiction, right? It's showing the people that they're working. Right, And so that the apparatus are on the road for a reason. They're doing work. They're going to work. And then the other aspect of it, too, is that it shows outsiders that you have a culture of aggressiveness. It shows outsiders that you have a department that is worth its weight. You have value. You appreciate your people. You promote your people. See, the problem is, is most departments can't market themselves correctly because most departments – can't look at themselves with an honest eye and admit their faults and fix them. We're too busy burying our heads in the sand and pretending that everything is fine behind the closed garage doors when in fact they're not. And so the departments that are excelling and the departments that are putting themselves out on social media, marketing themselves and driving an incredible recruitment drive and people from the Northeast are traveling down to North Carolina, South Carolina to aggressively recruiting departments that are showing off how much work they go to, how their hose loads are packed, how they train every day, how physical fitness matters. Those are all recruitment and certainly retention items that matter. And so when you're pulling people out of aggressive markets like the Northeast, where for somebody to get a fire job here, it might take somebody in my New Jersey area. One, it's a full-time job to get hired. And it's not a job. It's a career here. It pays very well. But what it does is it doesn't make you have to go do something else other than maybe a side job of plumbing or carpentry or something every couple of days or whatever. But like other parts of the country where guys are working two, three, four fire jobs to make ends meet, right? They're do per diem jobs all over the place. It's because the pay isn't there, right? We don't value the career enough to pay them enough, right? And so we need to look at that, and we need to look at departments that are being super successful in what they're doing because they are departments that typically have a fantastic culture from the top down and from the bottom up. And so when you have administrators and chiefs, that endorse their people, empower their people, give their people what they need, and they listen and they respond accordingly, that allows for a good culture. A good culture allows for people wanting to be there. I mean, the best recruitment tool, truthfully, is the guys in the firehouse that say, this is the best fucking fire department I've ever been a part of, right? Right. I mean, that's the best part, right?
1: That article came out not too long ago. I don't know if you read it. Uh, I I might have to go back and share it with you. But I forget even who wrote it. But it it stated that the best uh, recruitment tool was retention.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. And we don't talk about retention. We, We don't talk about retention. We're not taking care of our own people. We're so enamored with bringing in a new recruit class and pouring everything into them. What about that recruit, recruit class five years from now? What are we doing for them? Where's the follow-up? Where's the commitment to not just that probie class, but to the guys that are on the line? Where's the commitment to the 20-year guy? Where's the commitment to the 25-year guy? Where's the promotion and pushing people to be better? Those are the departments that are succeeding. And people like work. People, believe it or not, right, as much as we talk about today in society, nobody wants to work, blah, 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 firemen want to work. They want to go to work. What they don't want to do is do nonsense. What they don't want to do is do checkbox stuff. And so we need to have honest conversations about the delivery of our services, what the firehouse looks like, what the culture looks like, what the training culture looks like, and put it all together and put a package together that works best for the citizens and then works best for our department. And too many people are afraid to have an honest look at what they have in front of them.
2: All facts. That idea, yeah, that was a great advertisement. Just that little <laughs> clip. We need to save that. But that whole nobody wants to busy work. Nobody wants to check boxes. We want jobs. Like, that's right. We want to go
0: do work. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, it's, and listen, and we're not gonna universal. we're not gonna turn the corner and see fire every time, right? So even if we're even if we're filling out, you know, even if we're filling out for a bi- report a box alarm, a fire a still alarm, whatever it is, and it's bullshit, we don't mind doing that if it's done correctly if it's promoted if when you do it you're you're putting some more value into it i mean i look at certain parts of the country where they're putting a hose in the street every single day for a box alarm whether there's smoke showing yeah. or not whether they have a report from first and companies or not they're putting a hose in the street I mean what is what does that tell you about the culture of that department? There's gonna be a lot of guys that scoff at that and be like, that's freaking bullshit food on the stove. I'm not putting an inch. Through. I'm not stretching our 300 line. I'm not stretching our 200 line. I'm not laying in and doing a booster backup. from but you know what that is that's repetition and I hate talking about reps the reps the reps, but what it does do is it reinforces the message of how important that job is. And when guys have to get dressed, go to work, put packs, put their packs on, carry their tools, stretch lines, you know what? It makes them believe that that culture and what they're doing is important. So, you know what? You want to start changing culture? Start looking at things like that because I think they bring a tremendous value to the everyday get of the backstep firemen and and everybody included.
2: Yeah. What's Ray McCormick say? We need to return to a culture of extinguishment. Yes. Yeah. Culture of extinguishment. Yeah. 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 That's the culture.
1: Yeah, dude, you're, you're spot on with everything you're saying. I know here in our little department here in eastern part of North Carolina, we suffer with a lot of things that you just s- stated in that example. And it's, it's frustrating. Uh, I don't have a lot of time in the, in the career. I started in 2007. So, I mean, I'm 15 years deep, but it's it's not the same service. You're an old man in a you know, lot of
0: places. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah the, the times are, times are changing. Uh, I'm not going to say tactics necessarily change. The overall message as far as tactic goes is kind of the same. Maybe of our way of operating changes a little bit and could be better, it could always be better. But yeah, to, to kind of stick with the subject of advertising for the department, man, yeah. it's uh it's it's a totally different generation. It's a totally different time. And not being scared is I mean, not being scared to put your department on blast. Gee. I think a lot of I think a lot of folks and a lot of chiefs. Uh, are scared to do this because they're, they're scared. It puts them under a microscope, right? It puts your department under a microscope. When you're heavy on social media, when you're active in social media, it, it, it puts your department under a microscope just like they're waiting to capture the moment where you fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're terrified of that because every, everybody with a cell phone now is, is a journalist. So if you so think about
0: that, right? I mean, just think about that for a minute. If you're being recorded everywhere you're going anyway by the general public, wouldn't you want to protect the narrative and record yourself?
1: You would think so. I would right? think so. Yes.
0: Now yeah. now <laughs> what happens, yeah, but what happens is very simply is when we start to lose confidence in our own skills and what we've done is we're promoting people and this is career volunteer. When I talk about stuff like this is across the board. I travel all over the country and talk to guys all over the country, and I get a really good understanding of what's happening. And so if anybody wants to challenge my credibility to any of that, that's fine. But what I'm telling you is this, and this is what I see all day long, is whether career or volunteer, we're promoting people into positions where they don't belong. And as we promote quicker and put people in positions that they're not ready for, their lack of confidence overwhelms them. It consumes them, and they become micromanagers. And then when they don't have the confidence their own skills, they can't trust their own people because their own people might show them up or their own people might know more than they do and so they're not going to allow growth they're not going to endorse their people they're not going to have their company do unbelievable things and let people work because they're so scared of that and we have this culture today and it's not everywhere and it's not it's not all over but there are sure. tons of this out there where we have managers today that lack the own their own ability to have confidence in themselves, and if they don't have confidence in themselves, they'll never have confidence in their people, their de- company, and their department. They'll never be able to have confidence, and confidence is what matters. It matters. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of a lot of folks they like to put that uh, they like to put that that phrase ego on top of uh, confidence. They think. You know if you're if you're a person that shows confidence in anything they make you know, they label you as an egotistical maniac fuck or, that it's you know, conviction all, I have a ton of it you're, uh, yeah <laughs> you're only uh, you're only doing this to make your own name sound better or stand out and stuff like that. so and the thing a, is
0: too is like guys with guys with conviction guys that have confidence in their own skills and abilities of where they are in life and where they are as a firefighter they are the first ones to listen to other people with opinions and ideas because they value the fact that they're not being challenged, right? Because it's like I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable with who I am. I have confidence in my abilities and skills. And so if somebody else brings something to the table, you're going to listen because you're confident in yourself. And so you don't push back. You don't belittle. You don't squash the excitement because you want that to come because you're confident in your own skills. You want others to become confident in theirs. And so you promote people to be better. And that's what we need. And that is what's lacking.
1: Yeah, I've, hmm. I've found the uh, the kind of the way that I pick out the difference between ego and confidence uh, is the person who has an ego, you know, they'll bark about themselves all day without the without the conviction that you speak of to ever point out their own mistakes. But somebody who's confident... That can often be portrayed as egotistical, they'll often point out their own flaws before they ever start to criticize anybody else mm-hmm. about anything. It's always starting with, you know, this I fire didn't go this so or, yeah. this fire didn't go so great because I fucked this up or I messed this up. So but the person with ego is always like, You did this wrong, you did this wrong, but they never, never are willing to point the fingers at themselves. And what a shitty trait to have.
0: I fuck up all the time.
1: <laughs> did I
0: yeah I think I, I did a podcast the other day uh, for Thanksgiving like Thanksgiving Eve Rob and I hopped on and we just did some chat back and forth and I think the title of that podcast was i'm i'm pr- I'm thankful for being the dumbest guy in the room and I Not did a, the title and that I was, yeah. yeah and I did a whole rant on that about how and and it's funny because when I do podcasts, Topics come up and then, I, and then I have to write them down. I used to not write them down and I'd always forget. And I'm a shower thinker. Like, I don't know where you guys think. I spend a lot of time in a car, but and so I do a lot of driving, but that's where I digest a lot of content. I listen to podcasts. I listen. I, I scroll different things, I, I you know, and so on. But in the morning, first thing when I get in the shower, I have to shower in the morning. I'm one of those guys. Like, I can't leave the house without a shower, you know? And I'm in my shower, and that is where I do my thinking. And I am literally to the point where I'm either going to put, like, take my phone in the shower with me, or I'm going to put some type of recording device or whiteboard on the tile because I come up with some doozies in the shower. And so when I do this podcast, I start to craft ideas. And, And that concept of I'm thankful for being the dumbest guy in the room came out of just a conversation with Rob when I realized that when you don't know everything, you, you have the ability to let your guard down and learn. When you think you know everything, you're not learning anymore. And and I took that yep. to I took that to the conversation of going to conferences and I, I do some uh, you know, some conferences ask me to do roundtables for them, moderate them. Uh, they ask me to MC the event, introduce guys, whatever, work the crowd. I do all that shit. And and I love doing it. But what's amazing to me is when you're sitting there. And then, like, Todd Edwards gets up, does his presentation. He sits down. I sit down next to him. He's got his notebook open His notebook open for the next speaker, and he's taking notes. And when you start watching, I'm just using Todd as an example because that just happened to me a couple months ago with him. But other guys, you watch the big names in the industry, the guys that are teaching on the national level, when they're done teaching, they're sitting in that front row almost taking notes on the next guy. They're still students. What does that tell you, Right? Like, they don't know everything, and they know that. Even though they're teaching and instructing on a national level, they still want to learn and better themselves and take whatever they learn from one of their comrades and share it when they get home. I mean, that's so powerful, right?
1: Yeah, we have we're we were lucky enough down here at the first Duke conference with Alan Griffin, Raymond McCormick, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Champo, all of them. They were all here. But we were interviewing – I'm trying to remember which one. It was Clyde, I believe – and then, am I? Yeah, it was Clyde. So Clyde Gordon was going up to speak. And I just spoke to him last we night. In. I love him.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, he's
1: a hoot, son. Yeah. 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 But uh, <laughs> we were in the middle of a conversation with him or right before he came on. And he was like, you know, I don't want to sell you boys short. I don't want to talk. You know, I don't want to limit our conversation, but uh, Champo's <laughs> coming up to talk about uh, lithium ion batteries. And I don't want to miss that. And I was like, huh. You know, it, it it makes a lot of sense. And I I asked Ray. I think I asked every one of them that we talked talked to. You know, you've you've done such, you you've led such a great career, and you've been so influent, influential in our fire industry here in North America for so long. Why the hell? Why I mean, why can't you just hang up your hat and say, you know, I'm done with this? And they always say, you know, it's it's a never ending never ending opportunity to learn something new. You can learn more. You yep. can always learn more. And when the greats are saying that type of thing, you know, shame on us for thinking that we know everything. It's, 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 blas- I, it's blasphemy is what it is. And, 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 I'll be, and
0: I agree, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't ever have the ability in the rest of my life to have the pedigree they have in going to fires and having the experiences. And most of us will not, unless you're working in a real urban setting or, or in a community that is uh, affording you opportunities daily. So many of these guys were losing people on the fire ground that have been there and done that. And I'm not saying there's not areas that don't go to work still and so on, but it's certainly not what it was. Right. And, you know, some of our areas still do. I I know I'm going to get I always get slack anytime I talk like this. But but my point is it's reality, brother. It is. That's
1: reality, dude. That's twenty (laughs) twenty two fire service. Everybody can't be. Ethan on
0: 157. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right.
1: Yeah. The, the the work is the work is the work is negating, and other priorities are being brought to be more important. That's right. the reality, it and is wh- what it is.
0: And where I was going with that is very simply this: if there's somebody there that's affording me an opportunity to learn from their their experiences, their their background, their boots on the pavement, and where they were afforded them the opportunities to learn more practical knowledge than I have. How dare yeah, I not? not just the, how dare I not sit there and 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 digest that?
2: Correct, and it's not just experience; It's experience with that open mind of wanting to learn yeah. every step of the way. Hundred
0: percent, hundred percent. And for me, who's never going to be able to have those practical experiences, right? Like, I mean, you know, been to tons of fires, and I'm going to go to tons of fires more. I love going to fires; I go to as many fires as I can, right? But the thing is, is I'm not in in a position to be able to force doors regularly because my neighborhood doesn't allow me to do that when it's a food on the food on the stove or, or an alarm activation. I just, I can't go after doors like they do in other communities, right? It's just not what we do where I am. And so obviously I don't have then the experience that some others might when they're in those communities and those opportunities are afforded to them. So who the hell am I to think that I'm competent enough and comfortable enough to do it myself when I should be out there learning from the guys that are doing it every single day. Can I force a door? Yes. Do I know things that, you know, uh, through the lock, hockey puck, roll downs, all this shit that I don't see on a regular basis, right? I got to learn that. And the only way I'm going to learn it is not through practical knowledge. So it's putting myself out there, admitting to myself that I need to go better myself and learn these things from guys that do this stuff. And the, that's that internal conversation that I think more people have to have with themselves because I think over time people get very comfortable in, well, I've been, like, I'm am going to be a fireman for 28 years coming up, 28 freaking years. And you know what? There's tons of things that I haven't done yet. I haven't had the opportunity to do it. So why am I not getting myself out there and trying to at least get a story a lecture, a hands-on to experience what potentially might come down the pike in another couple of years. Right? It's just crazy that we don't that many don't do that.
2: It's getting easier and easier to find seminars, hundred percent conferences that are close. Yeah, yeah, they're they're around, they're available. You just got to sign up
0: within a three hour drive. Within a three hour drive of where you live, you could hit a conference. And if okay. it's if it's cost prohibitive, then let's find ways to get it more. Uh, more manageable for guys to get the jobs. And, and we have a responsibility to do that. And something with National Fire Radio that I'm truly looking at um, is finding ways to afford scholarships to conferences all over the country. And we're working on something that hopefully uh, will be available next year to allow for that. And, uh, and so, you know, that's one of the fun projects that we're working on behind the scenes, but that's how important that is. And you don't need to go to the big show anymore. And in fact, most people can't because they can't afford it. And so, you know, with that comes these micro conferences and you're getting the same talent at a lesser dollar amount. And in fact, you're getting a more intimate setting. It's a no brainer, man. Take, draw a circle around where you live and find a conference.
1: Yeah, I could I completely agree. We we mm-hmm. like I said, we're fortunate enough to kind of be in the in the same it's in our town really where the first Duke conference yes, is. That's fantastic. And we were yeah, we were talking with Alan the other day, Chief Griffin about that and he was like, "Hey, you know, uh I'm I want to reserve uh two spots for y'all to give away on the podcast." Nice. So, yeah, that's two great. registrations. So, dude, man, your uh your idea and your want to um you know, have this scholarship fund going, dude. That's
0: spot on. That's amazing. It's fun, man. I, we got we got so much cool shit coming up, man. We really do. <laughs> we we finally, you know, it took us four and a half to five years where we are right now to be able to develop a brand and household name enough that it carries a little bit of weight. And I don't mean that right. in a weird way. I mean that just in a ser- just in reality, right? Like it's pretty wild that. You know, we were able to build a household. I don't. It's not a household, but there are a lot of people in this industry that know who we are, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's because of the hard work and the the willingness for us to put ourselves out there, but also to never embellish and never be more than we than we are, and you know, and so on and so. That's super important because it makes us authentic, and nobody has anything on me, and that's the thing, right? And what happens in 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 this industry is bravado and before you know it people get too big for their britches and that's why they fizzle out because once they're found to be a fraud they're gone. And so the 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 one biggest thing when we started this brand was, you know, there's going to be no fraud here. I mean, everything is transparency. We are and that's truthfully why I went to go get Rob to start this project with me because he's a career fireman. And I needed a career guy to offset my volunteerism. And so I said, well, I can speak real specific to the volunteer service. I need a career guide. that can talk real specific about career services. And so that's why we did that. Right. And, and so on. But just to get back on track, it took us a long time, not a long time, but it took us five years to get the permissions we have today, where now we can really start having fun with what we're going to be able to do in this business. And, uh, and that for me has been the long game for me. Uh and, I have more ideas that you could possibly shake a stick at that when when they're rolled out and we're able to capitalize and promote these ideas, it's going to change the way the fire service is digesting content, understanding information and uh, and so on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So this coming year is going to be a very big year for us. So it's fun.
2: That's awesome. I'm looking
0: forward to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming out. You got me sitting on the edge of my seat
0: now. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I've always been from, from the get. It's always been about giving more. I don't know if you guys have ever heard me talk about my value proposition, right, um, which is super important to me, but we always have to be able to give more than we're taking. And when that value proposition skews and you start taking more than you give, you lose. And frankly, I mean, I could go into this whole rant on this, but that's what's happening right now in the fire service. That's what's happening on the print ad and the delivery services of who's holding the strings of how information is being delivered. And that's got to change, and it is going to change. It will change. Um, you know, It's the, changing, yeah. Yeah, well, the, because the value proposition has changed, right? When, mm-hmm. when, the, when the one, two, or three main platforms in the American Fire Service that delivers information, when they are the ones and the keepers of the information when their value proposition skews they start to lose and they're losing it's because the take is more the take is more appetizing than the give when when these platforms were developed early on it was all about giving back to the fire service it was sharing articles tips tricks training understanding storytelling and it was all done for the betterment of the fire service. It was done to make your fellow brother or sister better today. Right. And that, and that you could even, you can even put it very simply. Look at the magazine today. The magazine today is half the size and thickness and it's two thirds ad one third training. Go back 40 years ago. The magazine was two thirds training, one third ad, and it was twice as thick. Mm-hmm. Dollar amounts drive the industry. And when the money gets in the way, the value proposition skews. And no business ever wants to give more than they take. And so the take becomes more important than the give. And when you start taking, especially from a close-knit community like the American Fire Service, and you start taking more than you give, you lose. And that's not even including all the other people that starts to get in the mix, that start, you know, getting in there. I mean, I look at the delivery of conferences. You, the The people that are paying for the conferences are the manufacturers. Yep. I
1: was just about to say that. It becomes a manufacturer advertisement.
0: You you got to give, yeah, and what are you giving them? When they're writing you massive checks for floor space and you can't deliver people to their booth or you can't deliver and give them a return on their dollars spent, they're not going to spend the money with you anymore. And so the, the issue then becomes the value proposition is skewed. They're now taking from the manufacturers and not giving enough back to them. And so you know what the manufacturers are starting to realize? We don't need them anymore. We don't need trade shows to show off the latest and greatest product because all we have to do is a web launch, get a couple influencers from the American Fire Service to help us promote our product, and boom, I don't need to spend five six figures seven figures for some of these manufacturers with these platforms to deliver marketing and ad space that nobody's looking at page 18 anyway it's a silly silly equation that has happened but they can't fix it I'm gonna fix it
1: do you yeah, it's, uh, it's that pivot yeah do you see do you see print- based do you see print-based media in our industry going away no, completely no
0: no i don't and and there's there's incredible journals out there the fdtn jim mccormick i talked to him yesterday like his training journal is fantastic and listen fire engineering is good firehouse is good the problem in and what it comes down to is it's the same thing with like billboards right like on the street like everybody's looking at their phone while they drive it's all about the price the return you can get on your dollar so the print the print magazine will always the print magazine will be there in some shape or form. It will always be there because people still like that platform. It's, it's a matter of the, the ad space and the return on the dollar, right? Because the, the advertisers pay for the magazine. And if you don't take care of the advertisers, nobody's going to put ad space in, nobody's going to market with you. And in return, your magazine keeps getting smaller and the content's not as good. Right. And at some point, The plug might get pulled, but I think there's always going to be some type of print in the industry. It's a matter of business, understanding business and understanding that you can still have a viable business and do very well in life. And it doesn't mean that you need to squeeze every single penny out of the equation. And so it's it's a fine balance. And so you know, I mean, here's the thing: outside of outside of all this, I'm a businessman, right? And and I've always been a businessman. I grew up in a family business. I, I talked about that earlier. And so I get that. And and I look at how important it is to bring forth a message that we want to promote the fire service. We want to do. I want to do collaborations. I don't want to do paid partnerships, and I don't want to... Like, I'm on your podcast. We're not competition... Like, some people would be like, well, aren't you competition with them? Like, it's a podcast. Like, you have a podcast. Like, I'm like, yeah, we might be, but who gives a shit? Like, it makes the job better, right? Like, you and I having a conversation. Like, part of what I'm doing with our daily podcast now is not only am I interviewing firemen, I'm going to be start interviewing manufacturers. I'm going to start interviewing guys that run the shops. I'm going to start interviewing um, organizations. I'm going to start inter- It's all about the fire service. Talk about the job, make the job better. And that's done through promotion. It's not competition. When we look at, ev- and, and I talk about that all the time. I do a lot. We do marketing projects with manufacturers. So, Part of National Fire Radio that nobody sees is on the back end of things. The the more the business side, we do marketing and creative services for different manufacturers to educate them how to sell to the end user, how to sell how to sell to the backstep consumer, right? The backstep fireman, because truthfully, most companies, the largest, the very largest manufacturer, down to the smallest manufacturer. They typically hire marketing people from outside the fire service. How the hell can you put together a marketing campaign that's realistic and hits nerves and sells to firefighters when you're not a firefighter? It's very hard to do, right? Yeah, so Yeah,
1: that, that's always been a thing with uh, – I mean, I'm, I'm not derailing the, the conversation by any means. I'm no, no, go, go. example, it's um, – it's it, that's always been a thing with this whole mental the, the mental health aspect of our jobs and all that kind of stuff is it seems like every all the local governments and departments, they want to bring in people, you know, to give us these mental well or uh, mental health conferences that are not they don't do our job. You know, they get to go home. They get to, you know, they it's, it's not a realistic uh, it's not a realistic comparison, if you will. So I just parallel that with the marketing you know, how can you get somebody to sell a firefighter product or market a firefighter product to a fireman who doesn't know the job?
2: Right. Never held one or or
1: yeah
0: pride it just on what doesn't seem yeah. to make sense. Correct. And and big money is being spent to develop ads that don't fairly represent what we do. And you're marketing to people that you want to promote and work with them and sell them your product and you're ad and marketing space doesn't even represent the job and it turns them off before they even know what you're selling them. It's crazy. Right? Mm -hmm. So, so for me, like that was, that was a niche from early on that I was like, man, this needs, this is one thing in the industry that needs to change. It needs to be better. And so we do that. I do a lot of consultation. Uh, We do a lot of creative and marketing services. And in fact, we're rolling out uh, something a little more uh, official, uh we never really have advertised those services it's really been word of mouth that on the projects we work with and the manufacturers we work for um and so on i i you know just give you a perfect example we just did uh last month uh we're doing a product uh, launch for a hose manufacturer and we did live burns all day long to shoot content on the new on the hose and so like no no regular media marketing company would even know how to do that, let alone bring in the right guys to learn how to stretch correctly. Like everything in those marketing videos that will be coming out will be true to form about how we operate. And it will also be striking the cultural chords of what's most important to me and you, like hose bed porn You know, we were particular about the engine that we stretched off of. We're particular about how that hose was packed. We're particular about how that front bumper line was stretched because those are things that peak interest. Those are those are those subcategories within the category. And so knowing the industry and monitoring social media, like I am so I am so ate up in in not just the fire service, but also how content's being delivered, who's doing what. Like, I could I could tell you, like, I love, like, what you guys do. I love it. Like, I know what you guys do. I watch your videos. I, I watch what you guys put out there. And for me, I, I say it a lot. I talk a lot. I listen more. I watch more. I know what's going on. I know the tempo of the job. I know the pace. I know what's happening. I know who's ruffling feathers. I know who's making an impact. There's not many people out there that have a good you know, finger on the pulse of what's happening. And so that allows us then with our manufacturing partners to really build creative that is culturally correct for today's firefighting. It matters. And Hello? And <laughs> Hello? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, man. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm just... teasing you guys, but I love, like, I love what you're doing. And we, we said this before we even started. I think it was before we started recording or I don't know if you started recording as soon as I, you know, got in, but, like, I love what you guys are doing. I, I think that anytime you're willing to put yourself out there and do a little bit more than what's expected, the return on it is great. And for you guys to sit here and give your own time and to build your own brand and to do this podcast and to tell stories and make this job better, it matters. It absolutely matters. And it's so fun to watch other people, other personalities grow in this space. We might be one of the bigger personality names if you will. I think we kind of created a new space 5 years ago when we came out and and we haven't let up. I I so many people hit the market after we did. When people started seeing some of the success we were having with quick followers and interaction and starting to hack attention pretty quick, there were a lot of pages that popped up right after us. There's not many of them left. It's a long game. People are yep. so enamored with the quick return, the quick fix, and nobody understands the fucking grind that goes into the daily make of doing something like this. They have you guys know. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. If you're trying to make a profit,
0: uh hang it up. And and it's not even yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not even the profit, right? It's it's the hard work that like when this show's done, we record for an hour, hour and a half, two hour, however long we go tonight. When it's done, now the work begins, right? Right. The editing, yeah, this is the hundred percent, one i one hundred percent. And so people don't realize how much work goes into this. How much? How much work goes into doing seven to ten, seven to fifteen, seven to twenty social media posts a day. Times that by five years.
1: Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we uh. We, we struggle between me and Steve. We're two different people. But we struggle to do one a day. It's, you know, we, we, we have a we have Brother, a goal. I get it. Yeah, we, we started in the beginning, uh, you know, we started doing this for fun. We saw a need, and we saw a need locally for sure, but we also saw a need just, you know, hanging out with these guys at these conferences and all that kind of stuff. We saw this need, but we also made an agreeant, uh, agreement between ourselves that if it ever became uh, – more of a a stressor than a stress reliever, then we would reevaluate because right. life is stressful enough uh, already and we didn't want something else to come up to cause more stress. And I, I can say to this day, yes, it has stressful moments, but collectively, dude, I get excited. I get excited to have shows. I get excited in the planning process, in planning guests. I get excited in the editing. I get excited in pushing, pushing episodes out, it's great. get excited. The, the return, seeing how many other people actually listen to the show is less exciting to me than knowing that I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Jeremy, who's doing big things, you know, uh, or whoever it may be, whoever the guest may be. That's, that's the return on investment to me is the, uh, the opportunity to even have this conversation with you. I say that all the had- time. Dude, we've had some marathons in this studio. We've had six-hour shows.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty we've pissed had... that we're doing this remotely. I'll be honest with you, but we're gonna, yeah. I'm gonna weasel my way down there because it just looks like a cool setup, and I want to drink some brown liquor and and uh, have some good <laughs> conversation. So yeah, we're gonna do this again for sure. But I, I think it's great, and I, I love. I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. I, I just, no, you're good. I think you know that's so important. But I think you will find that through the stress of it. Right. I mean, as much as you enjoy it, there is stress that's involved, but the return, the return is great. And, and I talk about that a lot. And I say that, you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the fire service. I mean, if you told me five years ago that I would have the names and contact information uh, of people that I have on my phone, who I consider friends now, not just acquaintances or names, but friends, people that I can call on rely on if you told me who those people would be, I would tell you you're out of your fucking mind. I would tell you to go shit in your hat, man. There's no way that that guy's <laughs> going to be my friend. And guess what, man? It's incredible, and that's powerful. It is powerful, and and you know we're we're also stupid hum like so stupid humble about what we're doing, and and it's always like no man, it's cool. Like you know, I just I'm I agree a hundred percent. I'm super humble for for the abilities that National Fire Radio has given me. But I also know the work that has gone into getting me, Rob, Seb, and the rest of the crew to this point. And so I I often don't talk about it. I talked about it the other day on a podcast for the first time, and I got a lot of comments on it, a lot of DMs um, cheering us on, where I said, you know what? I asked Rob in the one episode, I said, do you think it's us or do you think it was just timing? Do you think that it's, it's, it's what we've done or were we just – we hit it right, and it's just stupid luck, and this and that. And I said at the end of the podcast, he's said basically, let said, me give
1: you, let me give you my answer to that. I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah, let me give you my, let me give you my answer. To that I saw that. I, I remember that. Um, I'll give you my answer to that, and I'll let you take your, uh, take your own uh, perception from there. Uh, I think it had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with timing. I think that. The team that you have put together and the work and the sweat equity that you have put into forming what it is now with National Fire Radio is the reason, the one sole reason, it is what it is. And this comes I from one that. fellow podcaster nah, to means another. The world. Steve can agree that it's a metric shit ton of work. Yeah. And just like you said, folks have no idea. How many folks, Steve, have you fielded that ask you, you know, well, I, I'm thinking about doing a podcast as well, you know, this and that, and they and they talk about it, and you know, you're encouraging, you want to be encouraging, you're right. like, yeah, go for it, sky's the limit, man, go for it, it's it's the greatest thing ever, and then you'll talk to them again two months later, and they're like, man, I started doing some research, yeah, and it's like, holy shit, there's a lot that goes into it, they have no clue, but your brand, National Thank Fire you. Radio, is what it is because of the nonstop hard work that you've put into it.
0: I appreciate and that. They, I
1: enjoy the hell out of it. Thank and you. I want to see you double the amount of work that you're putting into it. So I can reap the benefits of that more.
0: You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny because so many people, I, I truly appreciate all of that. I, I really do. And it's, 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 it's never easier for me to hear things like that because as much, you know, Gary, Vay, I don't know if you know, who Gary V is Gary Vaynerchuk. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So Gary V is the exact reason why I started this podcast five years ago. Okay, and that's that's just God's honest truth. I was listening to his content. He helped me build some social media for my family's business that I was responsible for and that I was running. And that was quite successful. And then that's where it translated into, man, I think I can carry this over to the fire service and and make a go of this. And so Gary Vaynerchuk was really instrumental in pushing me to do this and the accountability conversation. Um, I don't listen to him half as much as I used to only because I just don't have the time to that I used to have when I listened to him. I used to digest his content all the time. And I, I found myself running a lot of parallels with him about his his outlook and so on. And I'll be honest with you, in the last five years, I have become a completely different human being than I was five years ago. Um, and I mean that in, in, I think, a very good way. Um, I am I just, I have completely completely changed in so many different ways. Um, I've been talking about maturity a lot on our, on our platform. And I think that uh, not that I'm mature by any means, but I think that I have finally uh, have, have been going through the paces of maturity and realizing That, you know, certain things about life and how to carry yourself and priorities and accountability and and all of that. Integrity, character, all things that I talk about regularly because I think it's so important, right? We can get wrapped up talking about the fire service, but the fire service is only as good as you are in your own personal life, right? Like if, if your personal life's falling apart or you're not managing your personal life well or you're making poor decisions in life, or your finances aren't in order or your diet's not in order, your exercise, you're, your, you know, on your third divorce, your kids are having issues, right? These are things that need to be addressed before you could even worry about what's happening at the firehouse. And so what I'm finding with the responsibility we have that we bring forth with National Fire Radio is, you know, for me, I'm almost starting to talk more about things and and trying to influence people in their personal lives so that it translates back to the firehouse, and I'm I'm becoming. Go ahead, man. You guys hop in. I heard I heard a, a deep breath, but you know I, I just think it's important because it's so easy to focus on everything in the firehouse. But if things are broken outside the firehouse, the firehouse will never be good, and we'll never we'll never have dialed in people if they're not dialed in in their own lives, and so. I think we have an obligation as an influential platform and community to make sure that we're talking about items within our within our community, on our show, through our social media, where it matters how you carry yourself. It matters what you look like, how you take care of yourself, how you take care of your family, who you are, your value, your morals, your ethics. These are all things that matter, and they translate to the firehouse. And so the message really needs to be about your personal life as well. And to examine that and figure out what you need to be and put yourself in a better place and get yourself to a place of content, get yourself to a place of comfort and confidence. And then that spills over into your job. I don't know, just my thoughts lately.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You yeah. said it's changed in the past. You said it's changed so much in the past five years. And now it seems like you're speaking more towards I call it wisdom what you described I call it wisdom okay that's a great way Um, to put it it, thank you yeah it, it it only comes with it only comes with age but I wanted to ask you specifically throughout the journey of National Fire Radio and the guests that you've had on how much do you believe that that has kind of been an influence on kind of your perspective in life and how things have changed just because just due to the guests themselves hearing it from so many other people, I think a lot of us are guilty in getting in the, in our own little eco chambers sure. where we all sound the same, you know, the same life is the same life. And to hear a different perspective is, is almost a paradigm shifting moment where it's like, Oh shit. You know, maybe I don't know, or maybe I have been looking at this wrong the entire time. Um, how much of your guests help you have, have they helped you kind of, shift this perspective where it's almost, you know, it every, is what you're describing now. Every it's single
0: wisdom. every single podcast I do. You know, it, it's, uh, listen, man, when I was younger, I was a hothead, I was a big mouth, I was a know-it-all. Um, and let me tell you, I had, uh, I've had i had two pretty humbling experiences in my life. The most humbling experience I've ever had um, was when uh, Kareem El-Taki punched me in the face in eighth grade and knocked me the fuck out. That kid lit me up, and I was always the big kid on the school bus. I was always the tough kid, the big kid, right? All through grade school, middle school. And I take it back. It was seventh grade, not eighth grade. And um, whatchamacallit, and this kid, I was being a douche on the bus, and this kid turned around and laid me out. Like, literally popped me in the face. I saw, you know, in a cartoon when a big bump, like, starts to rise on your face, you know? (laughs) That's exactly what happened, bro. He (laughs) gave me the biggest black eye I've ever had in my entire life. And, um, that was, for me, at the time, it was humbling internally, but I never talked about it. Only in the last, say, ten, eight, 10 years, I've talked about that. And how that was a defining moment to even so that my senior uh, I was the senior class president of my high school class, right? And so I'm responsible for, like, doing the reunions when we want to do them and so on. So before COVID, we had a, a reunion, and I, I threw the reunion with uh, a couple of the other officers from back then and so on. And it was fun. We got, you know, a bunch of people back from high school for cocktails or whatever, and the kid was there. And I we weren't friends throughout high school or anything, not because there was animosity between each other. It was just, like, we didn't run in the same circles, and we never really right. ever talked about that issue. I walked up to him at the... Uh, at the reunion, this is, uh, what, five years ago, right? I walked up to him and basically said to him, like, hey, man, I just want you to know that what went down between you and I was one of the most pivotal things that had happened in my life. It is incredibly humbling to be knocked down a peg like that by out of left field when you think that you're on top of the world. And it really gave me this perspective, and I've never really analyzed that until you know, the last, like I said, probably eight, 10 years, however it's been now, where I started to really internalize a a situation like that. And that really changed a lot of my mindset, but only until I've started to mature that I really understand how impactful uh, a situation like that was for me. And so, yeah, over the last few years, man, like the accountability that National Fire Radio makes me have is so powerful that like it's carried over into my real life. Like I can't being a bullshit artist is a full-time job and you and that's why it doesn't that's why it doesn't work it's because you'll be found out like you can't constantly lie and cheat and steal because you will get found out and so you might as well just be who you are and then you don't have to pretend there's no fakeness there's no everything is real in your world when you don't lie ste- lie cheat and steal right like all that shit and so like for me with National Fire Radio, I really came to realize that a lot of people, I write every podcast that I do, I send them a Taylor's Tin, and it's an appreciation tin with our logo on it, and it's got the guest name on the bottom of it. And I, it, I mail them out after the podcast to people, and, um, and on the back, I, I send a letter with it, you know, just thanking them and blah, blah, blah. And then I also hand write on the back of each shield a message to the guest. And my last line of, of, of those shields is, thank you for trusting me with your story. I have people from all over the world trusting me with their story when we do a podcast. I have a responsibility to them to make sure that I'm doing my very best for them and that I represent them in the very best light. I can't go out and tarnish National Fire Radio's name. I have to be super careful about what I put out, how I talk about it, who I'm talking to, because it represents every single individual that has come on our platform. And if I go off the rails tomorrow, all those people are affiliated with me and Rob and Sebi and our families and our fire departments, our fire companies and National Fire Radio. And I will not do that. And so I carry this tremendous burden about protecting and being very, very careful about how I conduct business, who I talk to, who I allow into our inner circle, who gets the the juicy stuff and who doesn't. It's all super important to me now more than ever. And that's where a lot of my everyday has changed for me. I've become less worked up. I don't get upset. I don't complain. I don't whine. I don't carry on about misfortune. I don't carry on about how I was, you know, I didn't get this or it should have been like this or our mutual aid companies took the run and we didn't get it and we didn't get, like, I don't get caught up in shit like that anymore. And I find that so many people get caught up in the little stuff because the big stuff, just they can't tolerate the, it, it's just, it's it's just a, really for me now more than ever, it is just so important to focus on today who I am, who I want to be. I have kids. I have four kids. I have a wonderful wife. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not this perfect individual by any means, man. I mean, I have my faults. I, I have, you know, my wife and I fight just like every other couple. I argue with my kids at times. Like, I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not painting a picture here that, like, aspire to be me. Don't, right? Be better than me, right? Like, ultimately. But I just found that through National Fire Radio has made me more accountable and has made me a better person today than I was 5 years ago. Beautiful.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Absolutely just incredible. it's
0: you know, it's this is this is what I do like I internalize all this shit and I think that's what needs to happen. Like I think people need to internalize more about themselves and figure out like this goes back to the conversation we just had 20 minutes ago about figuring yourself out before you even get to the firehouse personal your your personal life how you carry yourself how you conduct yourself who who you surround yourself with what the conversations are you know I, I just it's so important and it translates over to anything in your life and so if the guy is squared away in the firehouse like man, I met this dude, I met unbelievable. I was on a road trip 2 weeks ago with High Viz Lighting. We went on a 3-day road trip. Uh, and and what I do is I take them around and we do joint uh, marketing projects together shooting content. We hit 12 firehouses in 3 days. Like it was an unbelievable whirlwind trip, right? And what what I do is I introduce them to what the community is all about. They're marketing people. They're not firefighters. Two of them have become firefighters since being influenced by, you know, being a part of High Viz and and uh, and seeing what the fire service is about. But what I do is I take them and I introduce them to career departments, volunteer departments, to the shops, to manufacturers, to distributors, to everything you could possibly imagine. I, I inundate them with understanding what the fire service truly is all about. And I said, if you guys want to market and sell to the fire service, you need to learn what it's truly what, it, what it's about. And so I take their marketing teams out and I, I do field trips with them and it is so much fun and so rewarding to watch them immerse themselves in community and break bread in firehouses and have meals and bring coffee cake and donuts to the different firehouses and get to ride on trucks i mean the experiences that these these marketing people from Hyvis have had over the last few trips it's invaluable you you can't put a price tag on it what they've what they've been able to see as outsiders if you will that we take for granted every single day and so I do a lot of those types of projects with manufacturers. And so this last trip, I didn't mean to get off subject, but this last trip we went to this firehouse and this dude answers the door. Like we went over with a couple guys and this was the truck company. And man, I'm so angry with myself that I don't remember his name right now. And I'm, I'm so embarrassed that I don't remember his name. And I'm going to right after this, I'm going to find out what it is. Um, he answers the door and this guy shirt tucked in incredible fitness hair is combed, clean mustache, clean shit like just put together. And I'm like, man, look at this. Like this is what I aspire to be. Like I want to be that guy and I'm not even close to being that guy, right? And so like that to me, and that what what that did was that showed these marketing people what what we want, what we expect, what the what the high end of this job should be. And it was just, you know, you know that that guy, how he presents himself in the firehouse is how he works on the fire ground, right? How he works at home, how he treats his girlfriend or wife, how he deals with his children. You could tell that just by looking at this guy. You could. He was put together. And so, you know, if he's put together in the firehouse, he's put together at home. He's put together in his personal life. And those are people that you want to surround yourself with. We all have faults. We all have our weaknesses. We all suffer from all sorts of different things. Um, and, and we all have our challenges every single day. Nobody is perfect. Nobody's great. But what I'm getting at is, is that there's always room for improvement. And improvement in your personal life will translate to the firehouse. And so, you know, for me, yeah, man, I National Fire Radio is a godsend. It's making me more accountable, makes me want to be a better person. And, you know, you asked about the guests, those guests make me accountable. And, uh, and so I think it's important. I think it's a really important message. So.
2: Yeah. Be smooth, be professional and be efficient. Like that's what that presentation tells you about somebody like that's got it together. Sure does. Yeah. Nice! What a good time with this guy. Yeah, you make the job easy on this side. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, listen,
0: I, I'm sorry, man. I know I just I ramble on, but um, it's fun. My I was saying my wife the other day, like I don't get to. I'm I'm always hosting, so I don't I don't get to do a lot. My guests would be pretty upset with me probably if I just went off like this, right. you know, on my own show. So it's actually enjoyable to be on somebody else's show because it allows me to really. Um, I don't know, kind of educate our followers, our community about who I am. You know, I think so often when you're in front of the camera and taking the lead, um, you know, people get a sense of who you are. But I don't think they get, you know, they don't get the opportunity to really dive in and understand. And so this podcast tonight's been fantastic. I've talked about things tonight that I've never said before on any platform. So it's this has been a lot of fun, guys. I'm not going anywhere. If you got more stuff you want to go, let's go
1: that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um no, there's a uh, there's a I I I I share your share your compassion with sometimes when you're hosting, you know, it's it's at times you feel like you're supposed to be saying something like, oh, it's I'm supposed to be talking and this and that. And it took I don't know, it probably took 25 or 30 shows for me to realize, you know, there's value in uh there's value in learning to shut your mouth. 100%. <laughs> and just and just yeah. kind of uh, you know, just kind of observe and you know uh especially when somebody's going on something that you can seriously see passion in there's there's no need you know there's no need to interrupt that flow for them and that's 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 there's there's an art to being a host as well you're very good at it uh, don't Wow, feel thank bad you for yeah don't feel bad for for <laughs> not being not being able to talk on your own show that's uh I, that's, I, that's that's i think it's a more of a disservice honestly you know and it, and it kind of for the outside person who doesn't know anything about you, it's very easy to make that shift and yeah, their I, perspective to be where you're trying to make it about you.
0: I, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you this, I've come to really recognize that. So as in October, when we started rolling out the daily podcast, so we're doing a podcast a day, Monday through Friday is being launched. Uh, it's an hour under typically. Um, and it's a conversation, not like a, a bio on the guest, but more of a pick a topic two and let's go. I just did one the other day. Uh, we did an hour long conversation about um, acting up, being you know covering a position when you're not, you know there. So it's like you're a captain and it's a small department. You're a captain. You're riding the front seat. You show up for work and they go, "Oh, the deputy chief banged out. You're you're in the car tonight." Right. So, what a great episode. What a great hour long conversation about just acting up because guys are doing it all over the country. And so, you know, it's, it's nuggets like that, that I think bring a lot of value. The other thing I've learned too, um, I, I'm not, I don't think, I think I'm getting much better at doing interviews. Um, in the very beginning I I had no idea what the hell I was doing and it was awkward at times. And so, and I'm a, I, I engage people. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a salesman. I'm a talker. Um, but when you're, very early on with the podcast and when we were, you know, interviewing guys, I was always so worried about the guest and so worried about saying something wrong or inappropriate that it hampered my abilities to interact with the guest. And I've come to realize that it's okay to have my own point of view and it's okay to ask questions if I don't know. Um, and so on. And so my style has changed. And I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day about this and he, he had said to me, he goes, listen, man, he goes, I think you're getting much, much better at your delivery and and engaging guests and gaining your own personality. It's all these things, right. That you don't really think about when you're doing an interview, and he said, I think you're doing a much better job at that, you know, and, and so on. I think you're finding your your flow because I'm doing daily episodes. And it's it's like anything, man. It's repetition. It's, it's you know, um, finding a comfort level when you're doing it on the regular. You get more comfortable with it. And what I think works very well is just a conversation. It's not, you know, when, when you have to be asked specific questions throughout, you answer them and then another question comes, it kind of loses its uh, – it's painful. It's romanticism, yeah. right? Like it, it's it's not organic. It's forced. It's not comfortable. And for a listener to to get anything out of the conversation, you want it to be organic. And um and so and that's what it needs to be. So yeah, man, I appreciate that. I think I got a long way to go. Um, but uh, hey, whatever. You know, where I'm, it's my selfish pleasure to surround myself with incredible people. Like talking to you guys tonight is fantastic, man. This is like I love this. How how could you not? How could you not? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just who I am, I guess. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, we'll get you
2: in here for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to, man. But yeah, you guys would never be able to get rid of me. I've been known to stick around for a while, so <laughs> I, it takes like it. I said, man, we, yeah. It takes a lot a six of hour um,
1: conversations down here.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it takes a lot of fluid for me to get to a point where I can't talk anymore. So you know, it. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do that very.
0: I, I'm very good at what I do. <laughs>
1: That's good, man. Now we're not going to keep you on here on the line too long. I know we got to hold that. Uh, we got to hold that. Yeah, what do you got? List, do you have another one tonight? Uh, for, yeah, we got another one at eight o'clock. It's a little bit further down the line. Awesome. Uh, I want to give this plenty of time to uh, upload, so we don't miss anything. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Fingers crossed that everything goes as smooth as possible. I will say, and I'll probably cut this out of the show, but I'm not going to promise that. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you got coming up for the rest of the year. You're saying that you're going to. Talk to folks that are necessarily outside of the fire service. Every is exciting to me,
0: every Dude, aspect of the job,
1: man. That's that's exciting. That's that's one thing that we pride ourselves on as well. As we t- we talk to local politicians, we talk to statewide politicians, national politicians, uh, salesmen, everything and everything, anything and everything. Yeah, one, some of my favorite shows yeah. have been with local politicians, hundred percent, and the benefit that I believe that listeners can have is knowing that you can talk to your local politicians. They're the ones who affect your department. I mean, your chiefs and all that kind of stuff, you know, they, they affect it as well, but they're the ones having the the, the conversations with the politicians, not necessarily the firemen, but knowing that these people are just humans as well. And I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's natural and it's healthy.
0: To me, it is anyway. <laughs> well, I there, listen, man. There, there is so much that influences this job, and there's so much. I mean, we're our own, you know. And and I hate. It's funny because this term is being thrown around more and more. And somebody said it the other day. I've been saying it. You know, we call it an industry, but I hate calling it an industry. But like any industry, there's so many different layers, right? And so many different people involved. And so, like, why wouldn't I want to? You know, interview the the burser or the or the guy that runs the equipment uh, the equipment shop. Why wouldn't I want to talk to him and and ask him questions about like what's the most common failure you see on on our roof saws? You know what? Yeah. Oh, you know, like oh, the the pull strings are are being pulled out all the time. Okay, well. You know, that conversation then is like, hey, guys, you know what I just heard the other day? Like this guy that works on all the loose equipment down at the shops, he says we're pulling them too hard. Like it's the value, you know, talk to the chief secretary who approves the overtime and puts the timesheets in like whoever. All those stories matter and they impact people differently. And I I used to think that I knew what people wanted to hear. And then I had a conversation with myself, and I was like, who the fuck am I to say I know what somebody wants to hear? Like, I, I don't I don't need to be the judge of, of what we do, right? If it's an organic and honest conversation, and it's for the betterment of this job, there will be somebody somewhere that gets something out of it. And so I'm not yeah. doing it for me, man. My selfish, I mean, what I get out of it is the pleasure of doing this, right? It's, it's the experience. It's the relationships that come from this. But, like, the point of me putting out an episode every single day is to deliver a message, to educate, to get people talking about the job. My favorite thing right now is this new tagline I came up with when I sign off the podcast, and it says something to the effect of keep talking about the job because as we talk about the job, we make the job better. I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. And that's exactly what you guys do. I mean, and and that's why it matters. And I, I think that you guys have something really powerful and incredible in front of you. And I hope you stay with this. I hope you guys crush this for a long time to come. And I hope that one day, you know, we partner up and and you're part of the family and, and we do something like that. Because I promise you, you know, I said this the other day. I've I've been saying this lately to a lot of people, and, and people are starting to realize what I'm doing. I don't want to be the Tonight Show. I'm going to be NBC. and Heard that's that. And that's it.
2: Heard that. Yeah. Make conversation great again. That's it, brother.
0: Hell yeah, it, man. man. You know, well, I. Dude, um, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Nope. You. No, go ahead. No.
1: <laughs> no, I was just going to say, uh, if I'm not your number one fan, I'm probably at least in the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate everything you're doing. I, uh, thank I've you. I've been a fan since the beginning. I've listened to the backlog episodes. I'm a I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a National Fire Radio fan girl for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I enjoy your content. It means the world, man. Uh, Like you, you have no
0: idea what that means to me. Um, and that's (laughs) the, that's truly the fuel that keeps me going. And the amount of DMS and emails and direct messages, instant messages on the different social media platforms. So on the shit that people write me is literally like, I I I wish I had more. I respond to everybody. I mean, I I manage, just so you guys know, like the social media aspect, I do 99% of it myself.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: The posts, the interactions, the DMs, and so on. And, you know, I get DMs where people thank us for our content, save them from leaving the fire service. I save their life. It got them. It helps them get out of substance issues. It helped their marriage. It made them a better fireman. Like The amount of influence that, that we are told we, we do and we have, I, I could never, ever be more appreciative for the abilities that I guess we're reaching and what we're able to do, and it's super powerful. And that goes back to that whole permission conversation about making sure that we do it right because you don't realize the influence you have on people until you're told. And and so right. it really becomes very powerful for me, uh, and it's become very, very personal. So when you tell me things like that, man, uh, it truly, like, it means the world, man. I, I, I wish I could do more for everyone. I wish that, you know, people that say things like that, I could, like, just grab them, hug them, buy them a beer. Like, I, I just, <laughs> it means, it literally means the world to me. Um, and that's no bullshit. And I'm super super grateful for every single hand I've shaken person I've talked to show I've been on show I've been able to do. I, I just, I, and I can't wait cause we're just scratching the surface, man. So thank you for that. That is, that means the world to me truly.
1: Absolutely brother. Um, yeah, what a great way to look at the, uh, the responsibility that you've achieved. I guess you could say it's a hell of a responsibility, uh, and you're killing it. You're killing it. Um, I hope so. I'm glad we, thank um, you. I'm glad we had the opportunity to get together tonight and chit chat. Hopefully, this is not the first or the last by any means. So, well, here's the, first, the here's the deal. Definitely not the last.
0: Like I'm throwing it down right now. You guys are coming on, so we're gonna pick a date, and you guys are coming on my show, and oh. I am gonna <laughs> quiz you two and fire question. We're gonna do like a rapid fire interview. I think I'm it'll be in. fun. Yeah, yeah I'd I'm, love I'd love to do date. that. I'm yeah, down. Okay, I'm down. Yeah, we will outside of this we'll, we'll we'll figure that out but I'd love to have you guys on. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um and I think we'll have a lot of good laughs with it. So, it'd be good. All yeah. right,
1: brother. I appreciate it. Um Steve, you got anything else, brother? No, nah, man. Thanks, Jeremy. This was a good time. Thank you.
0: It was amazing. And yeah, and thank you here. for thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh put some stuff out there, man. There's stuff tonight I've said that I've never said before. So, um uh, <laughs> I it's freaking awesome. So, I appreciate all of it. Truly
1: nice awesome just for in case there's somebody out there listening uh on our end of things who doesn't know where to find you where can they find you just give those socials and the uh your podcast platforms give those a quick little plug real quick just in case i'll put them all in the show notes for sure sure uh, just just put them on blast real quick so they can hear
0: them yeah national fire radio
1: and that's everywhere. They that's can just it. That we're on. yeah.
0: I mean, we're on probably every platform I think now, and uh, we're putting together a new LinkedIn strategy. So that's going to be big, and uh, you know, uh, just whole sorts of things. But yeah, National Fire Radio is is the name we go under for all of our different platforms and um, and so forth. But uh, just forever grateful. Thanks, guys, for having me tonight. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. So if you're listening right now, pause this. Go to National Fire Radio on any platform, social media podcast whatever like subscribe hit that notifications jeremy's the man you want to listen to i guarantee it uh, it's been a pleasure brother thank you so much man
0: guys you guys rock man keep up uh keep up the hustle stay in love with it and um just keep pushing because uh as you talk about the job you're making a job better you guys are unbelievable <laughs> thank you for having me man this is a lot of fun i just signed off Absolutely. on your own show that's amazing <laughs> That's Jeremy, amazing. We appreciate
1: you. We yeah. appreciate you coming uh, on our show and helping us make conversation. Of great course,
0: again. you guys are great yeah. anytime. And I can't. I, 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 I like it. I like it. Make conversation great again. Beautiful guys, keep All up right. the hustle. Good, great job, man. Right, yeah, man. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Hey guys, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. The script gets flipped on me, and instead of me hosting the podcast, I am a guest on the Primary Complete Podcast show with Steve and Matt. These guys are doing a great job. A bang up episode, Uh, a lot of great nuggets in there, and things that I've talked about that I truly have not really talked about before on any other platform or podcast. So buckle up, enjoy the conversation. And as Matt and Steve say from the show, make conversation great again.